You are listening to the Next Play Podcast, the playbook for high-performing leaders who want to exceed their full potential. From walking on the Ole Miss football team at 5'7", 150 pounds, and earning a full D1 scholarship, to coaching thousands around the world and working with massive organizations like IBM, I've learned countless lessons that I'll be sharing right here with you. Join me as I interview some of the most successful people so you too can learn how to focus on always moving forward by deciding, planning, and executing on the next play relentlessly. This is Richie Contartesi with the Next Play Podcast, and today we have a very special guest by the name of Todd Spooner, somebody who's been in a sales leadership role for 20 years and has some great experience. Todd, super, super excited and glad to have you on the show today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, Richie. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Awesome. Cool, man. Me too. I really am. I was was actually just speaking with a few of my team members and I was like, I'm excited to dive in uh, and learn myself. So um, just to give you a little background, obviously Todd's been doing this for a while, but just some of the big highlights that really stood out to me that I think you should hear before uh, to give, give him just a little bit of credibility, but it's, it's a lot. So he's delivered or delivering 85 million in new revenue in just four years while with Spectrum Enterprise, that's the, uh, you know, the streaming TV marketing company behind it. He's, gro- he's growing new MRR counts by 200% in just two years while sustaining the new growth year over year and increasing revenue by more than 1,000% to over 100 million while averaging 24% growth year over year. Um, while serving as the sales director for Cox Business. So he's been in telecommunications, but it doesn't matter. He's in B2B sales. He is um, uh, an, at least an expert in the B2B sales world um, and, and growing teams, growing people, retaining people. So Todd, uh, super excited to have you on the show, man. Let's Let's start right with just, I know you went to USC, University of South Carolina, California, great school, <laughs> yeah. uh, Carolina, California. Yeah, careful uh, there. <laughs> uh, walk me through how you got into, into business. Yeah, so you're right. I went to USC, the real USC, University yeah. of Southern yeah, California. Trojans, Trojans. Not the Gamecocks. Yeah, we're yeah, the Trojans. Yeah. Um, no, no fun there on that conversation. Um, but yes, yeah, so when I got out of school, uh, I went into the real estate management field. Um, I, t- I was a public administration major in college. Um, and most people are like, what the heck is that? And uh, what that was is a lot of uh, hospitality or healthcare management um, or public, uh, public service. And I kind of realized from the public service space, you can't really make a lot of money unless you become a career politician. So um, I got an opportunity to go into the real estate management field, uh, managing property, retail properties and uh, multifamily properties and some commercial and uh, that kind of led me into um, a sales space. I got an opportunity one time to become uh, a salesperson. You know, so again, like every, just about everybody else, I didn't go to school for sales uh, or sales leadership. And I never thought about being in sales. In fact, I thought you had to really be born to be a salesperson. And I found out uh, after the fact that you don't, but I got into that and got an opportunity to be a sales leader and just never kind of looked back. Awesome. So, so tell me about this first opportunity you had as a sales leader, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So I, it, interesting story. I happened to be a salesperson at the time and trying to network with another division or an arm of a company that I was working at. 
And I got an opportunity to go speak to their sales team, of which the time the VP of sales was there. It's just trying to network and uh, be able to partner up, you know, have networking partners and so forth. And as soon as I was done with that, that so-called breakfast and learn, not lunch and learn, but a breakfast and learn, uh, the VP came over to me and said, hey, have you ever thought about being a sales leader? And I'm like, no, but uh, sure. What, what, what do you got going on? And, you know, she just happened to see something in me. So thankfully, Holly uh, Horshevet was able to say, hey, I want you to be a sales leader in my, on my team. And uh, I took the opportunity and it was, it was great. Um, and I had a lot to learn. It was that period in time in my life where I really stepped back and um, dug into really learning on my own. Uh, back in the day, I'm going to date myself here a little bit. Back in the day, that's when we used to get CDs and used to have to open up this big, thick thing that came in the mail and pop it into your computer, right? We didn't have podcasts or audible books. Um, so I did a lot of reading um, and a lot of CD learning around leadership and you know how, how to show up for your people. And, and uh, fortunately, I've had some good people along the way uh, to guide me and help me as well. But a lot of it has been just self-learning and following you know people that are um, know what they're doing. Yeah. And so today I want to definitely spend some time and just talking about how you've had the success you've had over the past, you know, 20 years, but probably more narrowly the past five, five years, only because yep. times have changed so much. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like leadership back then is way different than leadership today. So I want to, I want to stay narrow focused with you because, and because you've had so much success recently. So I just want to walk through, you know, a little bit today, like what's your philosophy today around sales leadership? Obviously, I'm sure it's so different than what it was 20 years ago, but today what's kind of your philosophy and what, what has worked for you as far as being a leader and, and helping your people develop? Yeah. So, so first I think that a lot of fundamentals don't change uh, from year to year or um, and whether you're a salesperson or a leader or whatever you're doing, I think fundamentals are really important. Um, but then how you go about it and things that do evolve is, is where you have to evolve with it. So first of all, I really, really believe that you got to lead from the heart with purpose. And a, and a lot of people have heard that over time. It's like, oh, leading from the heart, selling from the heart. What does that really mean? In fact, I had right. someone when I came here at, at Kings 3 um, they're like, what does that really mean? And, and it really is the same as it's always been. It's like showing up um, for your people. I think there's a lot of leaders uh, in, in the world today that tend to hire for experience. And then they hire them and believe because they have their experience already that you should just leave them alone and let them go. So, you know, um, so I, I really believe that you got to show up and really develop your people. So my fundamentals around development of people and being there with them on a regular basis and not being that um, CRM desk jockey, right? It's really easy with our CRM tools today to just look at the data and bark orders, right? F5 um, pusher. That's right. And it's like, <laughs> hey, your numbers aren't enough. Go sell more. And again, a lot of my conversation is going to be around from a sales perspective because that's where all my leadership of course. is. Going. That's where so we want to stay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, so it's, it's really coaching and really getting out there and, and, and being with them. And um, an example of that, one analogy I, I like to use is we often may tell someone, hey, uh, hey, time to get something to drink. Go over to that water fountain. You see the water fountain over there? Okay, go get something to drink and come back. 
right? But we don't take the time to really like walk over, make sure they make it to the fountain <laughs> um, and then show them how to actually do that. The button to push or to scoop it in your hands and, and walk them through actually how to do that the right mm -hmm. way. We just have too much expectations on people already understanding how to do it or we're too lazy to go show them. Yeah. 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 So it's like, it's like most, most leaders will, will tell you the what and the when, but they won't work with you on the how. That's ab absolutely cool. correct. So and like, that's what we always talk about. What, how, when it's like the what, and if you don't know how, how the hell are you going to do it? <laughs> that's right. And we use a term in, in our, our company here a lot. It's not the what it's the how. So that applies to everything. It's like, you know, even sports analogies dial in so much in, in my space. Um, you can't just say, hey, line up and block that guy on the other side. Uh, that's the what, right? Yeah, but what is the how? Like, you got to get your hands up in the right spot and make sure you're, you know, not pulling down on his jersey or at least don't get caught doing it. <laughs> Under the right? shoulder pads, like that's right. in narrow, tight, dip, get underneath. Right. That's right. You know, and then that it just applies to everything you do. So the how is super important. Yeah. I think there's a lot of so, people in this world talk about the what, but they don't get yeah. down into into the you got to get into the weeds a little bit and talk about the how as well, because people just a lot of people haven't been trained around stuff like that. Right. Right. So so that kind of separates. Right. Because so in leadership, you've got management, you've got training, you have coaching and then you have accountability. Right. So. I want to talk real quick about this, this, how, and how you deliver that. Do you, do, is that, is that delivered the way you do it more in like a coaching capacity or is that in more of a training capacity? Like what's your process for saying I'm working with somebody, I yeah. need them, you know, I hit F5 and I see their conversion rate in this particular area is struggling. I need to get them better. Uh, I'm going to work with them on the how, like what's your approach to that? So, uh, yeah, I love this topic and we're talking a lot about it um, where I'm at today. And it, and it seems like you never stop learning. Right. So I have to go all the way back to the kind of people that I'm hiring or attempting to hire. Right. And, and when I'm first looking for people, um, I always tell people I'm looking for I'm not looking to hire someone to motivate them. I'm looking for to create the environment where mo people that are already motivated can can thrive. So, right. So I'm really looking for people that are curious or have curiosity. And I know some of these words in mindset are kind of buzzwords today, but to have that curiosity tells me with someone that they're willing to want to be able to learn whatever we're going to teach them or and or go do some learning on their own, which is quite honestly required. Um, and I think anything you do today. So I'm looking for that person that's curious um, and I believe that there's like, there's two kind of phases to, uh, at least in my space, sales leaders today, is they've got to be really good at hiring uh, and finding the right kind of candidates. And they've got to really be good at the onboarding process. And I don't mean uh, fire hose in the first two weeks, and then it goes to a print garden hose. And I have countless people that we hire that say, wow, you know, I'm used to someone just giving me, they hire me, they give me the keys and they say, go. And I'm like, that's where the mistake is made. Here's right? your Zoom info account. Th that's right. Here's all, <laughs> there's your territory. Go, go spin around and figure out what to do, right? The world is your oyster, conquer it, right? Or whatever. <laughs> so, so we've been working just even recently on kind of a 90 day battle plan. 
and, and mm-hmm. getting people not just onboarded in the first week about all, you know, Kings three um, and, and uh, how to, where's your territory and how to, how to go sell, but we're going to carry them out for 90 days, right. Yeah. Of a very yeah. disciplined structured <clears throat> approach to make sure that they get settled in. Right. Okay. So, so let me, let me, let me, this is a really good topic, obviously great resignation, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a job. It's just an excuse that, you know, people that term to me. Um, so, so it's just, it's just adapting, right? It's just, there's this new, you know, people have options. So how do we adapt? Right. So, so for you, you know, as we get into hiring, I love that you, your, your philosophy is not hire two weeks fire hose. Here's a zoom info account or territory, but yours is let's do. And I remember our initial conversation, you're like, it's more of a drip. Right. It's more of a, so, but, but, but before that even happens, a lot of, a lot of leaders are struggling with finding top talent and, and, and bringing them on board. How are you able to do that? How have you been able to have success with that? Well, it it starts with the the hiring process. Um, But I think it also starts with the leader themselves. I was, I was thinking about this earlier and uh, first of all, I think as a leader, you've got to have some consistency and mm-hmm. longevity of, of where you've been to know that you have the skill to attract people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, if, yeah. You know, so if I'm looking at, I guess maybe if, if, a, if a candidate was looking at a company and they saw a lot of turnover, right. That probably wouldn't excite them. Right. Cause they are probably thinking they're not going to do very well. I think Correct. it goes for the leader as well. There's too many people that just want to move very fast um, and not get the foundation and the skills that they need. So um First of all, I'm looking for leaders that are going to stick it out, right? And do the hard work and have some success because I think that attracts talent, right? Who doesn't want to go to a, a football program where the coach is not on a carousel? Like being a USC, I know what that's like, right? Uh, not that I was a player, right? But I'm like, like, how do you attract top talent even on a football team when you know your coach might not be there every two or three years, right? Um, I think we're finally settling into a good one. Um, but I think that's with a sales leader as well. Another sports analogy, right. That applies in our space. It's sales is sports, right? There's it, it no contact sport, right? hundred yeah. percent. So, it, and, and I think, um, this is such a great topic. So, so attracting, attracting talent. So, so you look at the, the schools that win, right. Mm-hmm. Attract talent. Right. And so, the, right. The, so when you're winning and you have great retention and you have salespeople that are. Uh, like we're actually going to an event tomorrow. Their their salespeople make seven figures. I'm like, wow. dang, like it's no joke. Yeah. So 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 it's, so there's one thing that I I think has, you know, the great resignation has 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 given an opportunity for sales leaders, and I, I want your philosophy on this, to be proactive in finding top talent and then getting them attracted to them, then getting them through the process. So for example, you know, Nick Saban doesn't need to attract, but Nick Saban still has to go into the kid's house and talk to the parents and get, you know, and so today sales leaders are like, I posted it on Indeed. I'm like, so what, what do you mean? I posted on Zipper, right? Exactly. So like, if you want to find top talent for you, like you're attracting them, you've built this culture. So, and we'll, we'll talk through that, but how, so you've attracting them now, how are you going out and getting them and saying like, I'm going to be your leader. I'm going to take you to the promised land. Uh, 
to to actually sit for them to be like i'll do it i want to i want to be a part of your team like how, what's your pr process around that yeah so first of all when, when I, we are talking with candidates um it's just it's speaking from the heart and being truthful in what you're saying i find too many uh i've seen or heard too many that are trying to sell the candidate on the job i'm not i'm gonna tell you the good and the bad there's no ugly here um, but I mean, every company has good and bad, right? And there's a lot of people that don't put that foot forward to say, hey, you're going to have some situations that occur that we're going to have to get through, right? Mm -hmm. I think the, the one thing, like I said, a lot of things have stayed pretty consistent over time. I think what's, what's changed over the last probably 10 or 15 years is we got a pretty diverse group of, of people, right? Um, and age and, and everything. And um, millennials, you know, themselves want to be developed, right? They want to grow and, and feel part of something. And, you know, my age generation was just coin operated, hire them and tell them where it is and they'll go get it. Now they really need to be developed. So I'm truthful about what we're going to do. I'm going to say the expectations, the expectations. I have to set clear expectations. Um, you know, and some people are like, oh, like, is that make them feel uncomfortable? It's like, I don't, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable after the fact. I'd rather them feel uncomfortable now. So they know what they're getting into in a positive way. Yeah. So clear expectations. Hey, this is what your onboarding or training program is going to look like. Um, I'm the expectations around a company can give you some training. Some companies give you a decent amount. Um, some don't give you enough. Uh, and most companies can't give you everything you need. So the expectation is you're going to go out and self-train too, right? You're going to read some books yeah. and yeah. listen to podcasts, right? And sharpen your sword. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's, that's mm -hmm. what's important in your space. So just really truthful upfront about what the expectations of the job is going to be um, and how we're going to be there with you along the way. Yeah. That, that's how I talk to them upfront. Got it. Okay. So cl set clear expectations and then, and then also share with them your, your process for leading them from point A to point B. Correct. Yep. What, what, just curious, what softwares do you use? What tools do you use to execute like the attraction? And like, are you, are you using LinkedIn a lot? Or are you using like, what, what platforms are you using? Ours predominantly are LinkedIn and Indeed. The, the, okay. those, those are the two primary ones. So, you know, from a LinkedIn perspective, which is a little um, passive, I think leaders have to be more engaged in LinkedIn as well. Um, mm. it, you know, what do you mean by engaged, like commenting and posting and doing podcasts yeah. and absolutely you don't I don't think you have to be like a content creator like I mean that's not that that's probably not my jam. Um, but I love to be able to follow good LinkedIn influencers, um, people in my space, um, and comment on their, you know, so they can see they can start to get a feel if if you're going to check me out which I hope you do. If you don't, you, you probably already missed the mark. You're not um, serious. But, if they're not here, checking, I, here yeah. I am, I, I'm right here, right? And I'm on LinkedIn and I'm commenting. You're going to start to get a feel for what kind of person I am. People comment on, and we either agree with my comments or not. They're all professional, but that's how my mind uh, thinks or works. Your opinion. And uh, yeah. I think that gives an insight to who I am as a leader and should hopefully give you comfort that now when you meet with me and talk with me, um, you're going to have to hopefully hear the same thing. You're going yeah. to hear it from the hiring manager. You're going to hear it from me. All of our salespeople talk to our CEO before we hire them. So hopefully mm. you're hearing from three people that are all saying the same thing. Yeah. Are, are you are you researching the person beforehand on LinkedIn too? Are you going to their profile, yeah. looking at their activity? Very. I love how this is interesting because so both my sons have played lacrosse. Well, once I used to know, still playing lacrosse in college. Sacred and Heart. He's the one at. Yeah. Sacred Heart University in Fairfield. 
Nice. And um, so I, I've gone through the recruiting process, right? You have too, right? Um, and it dawned on me going through that. Why are we not doing the same thing that recruiters do? Exactly. Like they're, they're looking exactly. at profiles. You know, they're looking at Facebook and they're looking at Instagram. Especially if you're going to get a scholarship. That's right. So why would that be any different? So I do that. Some people are like, are you creeping on people? I'm like, no, I want to see what you're made of. What your what you know what your what are your values and you know it's a kind of a window into your soul. A lot of people put a lot of stuff out there, um, so I do look into that and I'd look at LinkedIn primarily as my first source. Um, you, did you have something professionally set up or professional picture? How do you carry yourself from mm -hmm. from a social media perspective? Yeah, yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's important. Um, okay, so 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 you you bring them on. What's your so let's kind of go back a little bit to the how and how you um, how, how you develop them, right? So I understand they're on the 90-day drip. What's your philosophy around on training, coaching, development? What does that kind of look like for you? How, how have you had so much success? Like if we, if we look at, you know, even if we look from, from, from Spectrum and SiteMinder and what you're doing at King's, like what have you seen the most success in that area? Because you, you, like you said, that's what salespeople want. So how have you had so much success there? Uh, first of all, I think it was, it's having a process. Um, I've seen, and there's some of those companies I've been at, not this one and uh, not necessarily the last one, but some have been bring them on and give them a little bit and leave it up to the sales manager to train. And so I think a, you got to have a process and you've got to have some, some good guardrails about what you're going to do. I, I use this, I use this term, you know, goofy, if, if, if it might be, I'm like, listen, we're going to give you a coloring book, right? And, and it's going to be a picture of a, a panda. Like, don't change the panda. Like, it's a panda, right? But how you color it is, is, is going to be up to you. Or we're going to allow, we're going to give you enough that, of training that's going to give you the ability to make it your own, but the, it's the panda first, right? So- um, Oh, I like that. So, so we, what, we, what we normally say is we'll give you the playbook and then you got to call the place. That's the exact same thing. Yeah, I use yeah. for some reason I use a child's term and <laughs> a coloring reason. book. It works. it works, but it gets their attention. It's like you mean yeah. I can't change the panda. I'm like, no, leave the eyes on the panda where they're at, <laughs> right? And the mouth. And now, based on the skills we've given you, now color it and make it your own, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's just yeah. the analogy I use. So it's it's very similar to what you're saying. Um, and so it's having the process and then having the discipline to follow that process from people that know what they're doing. And that mm -hmm. starts with making sure your leaders know how to do it. And quite honestly, I have a sales enablement uh, manager as well. And, and she handles a lot of that up front and we stick to it. That's mm -hmm. what's enabled me to have that success is to say, this is what we're going to do in this period of time. And then you're going to be dripped on as, as long as you're here. So how do you create that process? Because that's, that's a thing. Some people have playbooks, most don't right? Yeah, how, how do you go about like, so if you started at Spectrum, did you, do you, when you start, do you create your own playbook or do you do a listening tour and, and make adjustments to a current playbook? Like what's your, or to your coloring book, like what's your, yeah. what's your process for, <laughs> for creating the process? Yeah. So sometimes you fall into, because the company's already got one. Most, most don't. Um, I created uh, we, I should say we, I should never say I, because it was we who created our sales play. I've created a sales playbook and a sales management playbook here. Um, and you first have to sit down and really decide what's the most important thing 
for a newer hire or someone that's, you know, in their first year, what's going to be most beneficial for them to follow and refer back to. So you sit down and, and work on that. We, we wanted, I wanted to make sure that I really reinforce who we are, like, so who our people are, our process, our product, the problem that we solve. Um, and uh, so we kind of put that together. Um, okay, so, and- so just to, just because this is a really good topic, right? So I want to just yeah. stick with the sales management playbook. Yep. Well, I mean, you don't have to tell me everything, but what are some things that are in it? Is it more like what you're saying, which is like, you know, here's our ICP and here's our core values and here's our expectations and here's, and here's how you manage somebody like what, what, what would you, what's in that management playbook? Cause I think that's something yeah. most people don't have a sales, which I, which I would expect would be like scripts and objections yep. and stuff like, well, let's talk about the management one though. What, 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 what's in that? So some of the things that you mentioned, um, but it's a combination of things. So um, I'm even putting in there, hey, this is a new hire form. This is where you find it. This is how you execute against it, right? This is how it should look, <laughs> you know? So they have right, something right. you refer back to that I had my team in here last week. And, you know, that running joke is they'll ask me a question. I'm like, did you, did you look in the playbook? <laughs> you know. So now they don't even ask, right? Uh, it's the discipline of looking in, in the playbook. It doesn't answer anything and everything right? Um, because it can't, but it, but it gives the bones uh, of how to do your management job. And it gets into uh, hiring, quite honestly. It's, it's got uh, an interview guide of, of what we think are the right questions to ask. But first, even what are the type of candidates that we're looking for? What do we feel is important? So it, it has all those piece parts in there, um, not just uh, leadership, but it's got, you know, a one-on-one document and, and how it should operate and you know, the questions you should ask. So it's got those kind of piece parts to it. Okay. Got it. Okay. And so is this now the one at Kings, is this something that you like, where do you store all that? Cause I, I I've had some people that they're like, I, I have all these different parts and nobody can find them. And some people have used yeah. Google drive and some people yeah. have used, you know, a website, like <laughs> um, how have you organized everything? Cause that's, that's a challenge. Yeah. So from a management perspective, so, so we use uh, Outlook and we use Teams and within Teams, you can create groups. Yeah. So I've got a Kings 3 sales leadership group. And within that, it's uh, you've got your chat, you know, so just our chats can stay amongst ourselves for quick hits and updates and things like that. And then there's a file section. So I've gone in there and simply created a, a, a file or in folders where everything sits. So at any time we change anything or update anything, um, I just send a message, hey, you know, forecast files updated, you know, for the new month, or hey, added this section to the playbook that we talked about. And, and it's sitting there for them to go access it whenever they need. So you keep it in Teams? I keep it all in Teams. Yep. It's a shared file and they can access it from anywhere as long as I've given them the right to, to have it. <laughs> Got it. And so basically in teams, you have one, you know, core folder for managers, and then that's broken into different folders where different things are stored documents, yeah, sheets. Yep. And every one of my sales leader does the same thing. So they have their own, you know, Southeast BDM region team. And so that's how they get to keep all their, it's a learning as well, because it enables those sellers to ask questions, a quick hits in the, and even the leader might not be evolved but a team member maybe, and they're like, yeah. oh, this is what I would do. Oh, I came across this. 
right? Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden, if there's a document that that they need to share or house and, and refer back to on a regular basis, they just upload it into that those file, the file section on Teams. And it's, it's been really, really helpful. We do it at our senior leadership team. I do it at my team level, level and we do it at, at the, 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 the regional sales manager level as well. Beautiful. So how, how have you been able to keep people, you know, so, so, so the next, the next, you know, challenge on the journey is getting people to, to stick to it. Right. So sometimes people yeah. will, will quickly veer off, you know, what, what's been your process to keep people, you know, Hey, this is in teams. This is the playbook. Like, why are we running different plays over here? That's why are we coloring outside the Panda? Like what's, how, how, how are you, how are you keeping them in the game in the, inside the lines for your analogy? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it goes, I think with that saying that's been around for a long time, uh, trust, but verify, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I trust my, my leaders. You have to, if you don't trust your leaders, you're in trouble. Um, so I trust them, but I'm also involved in, in, in their meetings and one-on-ones. Um, I can't be to all of them, but I, I drop into them, you know, it's not a, skip level, uh, which, which you can do, which is healthy. So I pick up the phone and call reps more just to connect with them and say hello, uh, more so than anything, but you learn stuff along the way. Uh, but more so it's, it's attending some of their sales meetings and their one-on-ones and engaging them in a way that you just don't um, just completely trust, I guess. Right. Yeah, um, for so sure. Just engage at that level. And, um, and, but it's not to necessarily to verify as well. I like the term, but it's, it's got, it can have, it can take the wrong meaning. Right. Right. I you're not like, thinking. you're not like looking like every day, like, Hey, are you doing this thing? And this, you're just, you're checking in, yep. you know, periodically. And then, you know, they know that's going to happen. So that's yeah. your, okay. Got it. Yeah. The number one reason why I do it is because I want to be able to connect and let them know that I'm in the game with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, you're if the... I'm just barking orders and it's like, well, you haven't even been in my meeting or my one-on-one, -on -one, how do you even know? It's like, it's like, well, I do know I, I've been there. I've, I've been engaged. I heard it. Right. Um, I've seen it with my own two eyes. Um, let me help you with this. Or this is where I see this going. Have you thought about this? Yeah. Yeah. And so so you were saying so your team has one on ones like your sales leaders have one on ones with their reps. Yep. Every single week. Every, do, do you do that with the sales leaders? Yes. Yep. Got every, it. Every week we got a time. Uh, set aside, blocked on my calendar, right? Those are high value activities at my level is to be able to connect with my sales leaders and them with their salespeople. Absolutely, man. I love it. So what what have you found? Because like, there's a lot, most don't. Like, yeah. why have you found those to be so useful? And what what's kind of the agenda for them? Well, the the one-on-one -on -one from our sales leaders to the sellers is really an accountability session. It's talk about their um, their current results. I mean, keep in mind, I mean, sales is, is, is results. Um, I try not to tell, I use this term, Hey, don't focus on the scoreboard, focus on the plays you're running. Right. Um, because I think that reality is, is real. If we were just always worried about Next what you're selling, yeah. you're going to miss what they're doing or not doing properly on a sales call. So, um, that, so we talk about results though, because at the end of the day, results are what's matter, right? That, that's what wins championships. So, um, you you got to win and we talk about it, but then we really kind of talk about um, pipeline and activity. I got this really from Mike Weinberg. Um, you know, he's really the master around this. So we talk a lot about, um, again, pipeline and what have you been creating and advancing, uh, you know, from week to week. 
Um, and if that's not real healthy and, and it's not going on, then you really got to talk about activity and we get down to what does your week look like? Uh, how are you planning it out? Where are you going? What are you doing? And, um, you know, you, you find people that don't follow a process, process, process tend to be lost. You know, okay. um, I think extroverts can, can win without a process. They're better with a process. And then introverts uh, can also win, but they absolutely need to follow a process. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And so, so I want I want to jump real quick between what spectrum, cause that, cause mm-hmm. like that, if I'm going to use spectrum as a, a marketing, like if I'm going to invest and use spectrum, that's really more for B to C, right? Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, is that correct? Like I, if I have a B2B business, eh, I probably yeah. am not. Would it you depends agree? what part of Spectrum you're, I was with Spectrum Enterprise, which was the, the commercial side of the house. Yeah. Selling telecommunication services to businesses. Got so it. I was not on the media side. Got it. Okay. Okay. So, so walk me through your philosophy on B2B sales. Like how does one create a system, you know, if I'm in a leadership role and my sales team is just struggling with B2B sales, you know, we have Zoom info, we got phones, we, you know, we have emails, we have LinkedIn, like what's working today in B2B sales? So first of all, I think the number one reason why salespeople fail is a lack of activity. So you can give them a lot of that stuff. It doesn't necessarily mean they're using it. Mm-hmm. So I think you've got to properly set yourself up, not to micromanage them, um, but be micro aware of the activity that they're generating. Mm-hmm. But even more importantly, to establish a, a few key uh, stages in your process from like say opportunity creation to maybe proposal created to sold, right? And it's the conversions and the win rates is where the rubber hits the road. Because some people need less opportunities than others. It just depends on their ability to close deals. Right. And I'm assuming that's what your leaders do. You've got your pipeline in each stage. You have a conversion rate for every stage. Correct. And so that's, that's what you're specifically tracking. So I want to, I want to go to activity because I think that's, that's super important. What, what is, what is good activity for you? Like if you said that's acceptable, this amount of activity or you know, for you, what's, what's acceptable? Picking up the damn phone. <laughs> but but is it, is it 20 calls a day? Is it 150 calls a day? Is it, you know, emails or do you, do you put a system together where it's yeah. calls with a voicemail, with an email, with a LinkedIn message? Like what, what's, what's kind of like acceptable amount? Cause like, so, so for me, so there's no perfect answer there. It comes down to conversions, but I do believe in a blended approach. Um, first of all, the phone's they not dead. The omnipresence now, which is like the, yeah. The op- so, so, so a lot of these, um, so there's a lot of B2B, like they basically act as an SDR BDR for your company. Okay. So and we so have SDRs. Yeah. So they'll put together like, so, if, so you could basically outsource SDRs and what they yes. do is they put together yep. this, like, you know, we're going to do, uh, you know, banner ads that they're going to see first, and then they're going right. to get a LinkedIn view. And then they're going to get a email. Then they're going to get a LinkedIn command. I'm like, dang, like this huge, like super. So there's some softwares out there. I, uh, I'll share with you. One of them's Meet Alfred. One of it's MailShake. Um, another good one is, uh, I don't know if it does the calls. Those are the two big ones. Yeah. <clears throat> I think Lemlist yeah. is another one, but where you can actually do all of those different things with one singular prospect. Yeah. Um, and that helps because it gets you into a cadence. So, and 
And that's the so-called blend, right? So you still got to pick up the phone. I do believe in emailing as long as you, you're you very uh, clear on what your message is and there's some value in there. I believe like emails and LinkedIn and social stuff is building familiarity. That doesn't necessarily help you with selling other than building some familiarity around who you are as a person um, in your company. Um, so whether it's in the field or over the phone um, and email and that you just have to blend it. Um, so I don't, I don't get down to specific amounts uh, on each person because everyone's a little bit different. Um, with us here, we also have a, a partner channel program uh, where we have elevator service companies uh, that don't want to be involved with, with the phones because they don't generally don't like it. Um, they refer their customers to us. So we have a couple different levers to pull as it relates to that. Is that um, like an affiliate type deal where like it's like a rev share model where, where they'll refer people and you kick back? Uh, it can be a revenue share um, scenario, but for us, it's a one-time sale um, in the scenario that, hey, we sent, it, sent you a referral. Great. We contacted the customer. We sold them. We pay you, right? right. So it's yeah. more of an affiliate type. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so, cool. Um, so that's how I, you know, that's, that's how we're predominantly set. Nothing like a super secret, nothing um, shine, new shiny object. Um, you know, a lot of people telling people to go in a different direction and only, only, you know, get on social media. And, and for us, um, our end user isn't generally like sitting around thinking, geez, I hope, I wonder if someone could be monitoring my phone different than today. It's like, who thinks about that, right? It's, it's right. probably been working or they think it has been. We find out 50% of the time it's not to code. Uh, but nevertheless, like we got to wow. get in front of them. So I need my sellers to be proactive and really outbound and be a hunter from that perspective. Yes, we have SDRs that also help support them, but the expectation is um, here are the tools. This is your market, your territory. We've trained you. Let's work on setting up a, a good action plan to go attack the market, run the right plays. Um, and these are the things you're gonna, these are the steps to success to be successful here. We're part and, of associations and all sorts of stuff. Got it. And so those steps are phone calls, emails, LinkedIn messages. Yep. Partnering with our SDRs, uh, partnering up with our elevator service uh, companies that are out there, um, right. attending associations like BOMA or IFM or IRAM. Do you um, do like, uh, like tables? Like, do you get like a booth? Yeah, we do trade shows as well. So we're real <clears> big <throat> into the property management world on the, both the residential and we're multifamily and, and both the commercial side. So we attend those events throughout the year. Got it. What, what are your most successful reps doing? Like in the, you know, just specifically in B2B, like what are they doing that you've seen? Like the, the um, these are what our most successful reps are doing and they're closing at, you know, high percentage. Like, is there anything that they're doing specifically? Uh, they're just comfortable with getting out there and meeting people. Um, you know, you, what is the, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So they're out there getting those opportunities, uh, whether it's over the phone or in person, they're just relentless in terms of getting in front of that end user. Uh, that's, that's what they're predominantly doing. And then, and, and making sure they can build the relationship too along the way. Relationships are, are super important because, and if you earn that, that ride and that value along the way, then they're asking for referrals. Like that still happens. <laughs> like people still ask for referrals. It's, some people say it's such an old school thing. I'm like, no, it's not. 
as long as you've earned the right to do it. Right. Um, right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So again, like I hate to disappoint some people like, oh, I'm looking for something like new is shiny and sexy. I'm like, no, it's fundamentals. Like do the work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, know <laughs> your territory and where they're at and get in front of them and know how to speak to people in a way that helps them feel valued and solve their problems. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything specifically like from a leadership perspective, like, you know, the last, you know, just sticking with the last three companies, all of them have grown drastically since you've been there. Um, if you had to pick one, two or three, like core things that you put in place to allow that to happen, what would those be? Well, certainly hiring the right people. Yeah. Um, I know you've went back to that a few times for sure. Yeah. And and you can't, you're never perfect at it. You make mistakes. I mean, all the time, you're you're not all the time, but you know, from time to time, you're going to go, man, how did I miss that? You know, but that's absolutely critical. The onboarding is next. Um, The development of people. So having a process that really looking at, it's almost like as a, as a leader, having a business plan around having successful people. What does that look like? Uh, um, and looking out, like, what does the roadmap look for the people I'm hiring for the next, at least the next year, right? In terms of onboarding them and getting them comfortable in their own skin and at our company and in the marketplace uh, to be successful. Because once they catch fire and they're successful, it's between the ears now. Again, back to sports, there's so much going on between the ears. And if your players aren't in, in salespeople or in the sports world, if your players are not right between the ears, you're in, you're in trouble. Yeah. So you got to be able to connect with them and care for them and, you know, help them to understand that you're really there for them. Yeah. Those so, are the things I put in place, really that kind of culture um, and, and ability to want to own it um, mm-hmm. and grow as a person uh, to be successful. When, when, when do you decide to pull the plug? You know, you're building this culture, you know, some people are just not going to, to mesh, right? Like, yep. I mean, what, what does that look like? Like how, as, as a leader, when is it like, all right, like this is a uh, time to your coloring sheet is there's no lines. Like how, when, when, when do you do that? Like what's so your process? Some, some are definitely harder than others. Right. Um, but I have some kind of some basic rules. Um, I tell everybody, even probably during the interview process and certainly after we hire them, Um, I'm looking for two things. I'm looking for effort and attitude of which I could, I always ask them, can I control that? And and it's always like a trick question and they get a little goofy with me. And I'm like, like, no, I'm like, no, I could like, I could be the biggest jerk or I could be your biggest cheerleader. Either way, I'm going to affect your attitude, which will probably then affect your effort. But ultimately you control that no matter what your situation is, you, you affect that. So Um, Then it comes down to performance. Um, Once we've decided that someone um, will get to to some point in the road where we know they're not performing. um, I mean, in sales, it's pretty obvious, right? You're either hitting your number or you're not. Um, And we've done our due diligence, which is super important to get engaged and find out their conversions and what's missing and and get behind them and, and support the heck out of them in terms of giving them that opportunity to develop. Um, and then their attitude and effort are not there, that's, that's, that happens a lot sooner then. So yeah. if the results aren't there and their effort, effort and attitude are not there, those are quick de- quicker decisions. Yeah. If their effort and attitude are there, 
um, even though we've maybe are, are kind of in some final stages of performance, um, I'm going to hold on to them for a much longer time. They're easier to hold on to. Like, yeah. why, why wouldn't you? Some people just take longer. Um, everyone develops at a different speed. And I'm willing to hold on to people that come with the right attitude and the right effort every day. Do you have like a timeline on that? It's like, okay, I've been I holding don't. on for three months and I'm like, you're still not getting any traction or not. Um, I don't, again, everyone's different because of their development stage, but certainly I, I'm not going to hold on. You can't probably hold on to someone for over a year, you know, uh, as long as if their attitude and efforts there, but it's like, man, we've been through training like over and over again, three, four times. Um, and it's just not there, then at some point you've got to have that decision like, hey, this is probably not the right fit for you. Um, yeah. I want to see, see you leave from a position of strength, not weakness, um, so, you know, type of conversation. Um, so that it may be around, around the year mark. Some people will say, hey, that's way too long. It's like, I care about people though. I'm trying to lead from my heart. I'm trying to give them every opportunity to win. And it's really, really expensive to uh, have someone leave and start over again. So if I could just spend more time, and I do see some people eventually get over the hump, um, you know, but um, it's just the, the, the confidence and, and the ability to capture true training and, and skills, sometimes it's just not there. And it takes a little, little bit of time to really see that in someone. Yeah. So what, what, um, what, what's your like tech stack? You know, what, what are some of the, the, the tools and resources that, that you use that you've, you know, found a lot of success with your, either on the leadership level or on the, the uh, rep level? So we predominantly, from a seller perspective, we predominantly use Salesforce um, and Sales Loft. Um, and Sales Loft provides us that, that cadence around email, call, call, email. Yeah. Um, so um, it, it's been great on, uh, you know, once you've got good emails crafted to, to see opportunities, the emails that are maybe being open or resonating with people. Um, and, and we pretty much stick to that. Um, we do train, we don't use like sales or LinkedIn navigator, but we train on how to use LinkedIn in their own way to be able to uh, look for, uh, you know, you know, uh, end users in our space and, and so forth. Um, within, within sales loft, we use a tool called GeoPoint, which uh, with all the data that's in Salesforce today, we can look on a map and see where they're, where they're located. Um, and whether they're do territories, yeah, we do territory. So we can say, Hey, here's your territory on the map. And here's all your pin marks of all your prospects or ones that have canceled or, um, what have you. And it gives us the ability, you know, sales, a lot of people are visual salespeople are super visual. And it really enables us to go, whoa, like, I didn't know I had that much. It's like, yeah, you thought you touched everybody already. You haven't yet. Um, so that's the good tool. From a management perspective, then we pull in Power BI, um, which is really just the ability for us to pull our data out of Salesforce and get it in a format that enables us to look at conversions and design it in a way that gives us more timely uh, dashboard type stuff instead of trying yeah. to pull the reports in Salesforce. Gotcha. Okay. So this basically takes the data and visualizes it and makes it easier to understand and customize. Correct. So for example, like we established, you know, kind of what of our, what are, what are our wigs, our wildly important goals? It's like opportunity creation, agreement set and sold. So we've got that established in there so we can see the activity around it. Then we, we manage to the conversions between each one. We look at the drivers like uh, on opportunities where does a BDM driving that opportunity was an SDR or a partner 
Uh, and then we look at the balance between multifamily and commercial. That's kind of our main page, but I've got probably seven or eight tabs that go into other looks of things. Uh, we try to do enough to be smart uh, and engage in conversation, but not too much to choke ourselves out. Like so much data, like every little thing. Yeah, I've been at other organizations where they want to measure everything under the sun or next month they're measuring something different and you just can't keep up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that, that for sure. <laughs> okay, cool. Is there anything else besides Power BI? Nope. That would be it. Wow. Okay, cool. No, it's cool. It, it reminds me of, um, have you ever heard of Databox? It looks like it's, name. I think it's like Microsoft's version. Okay. It looks like, is that Power BI? Is it Microsoft's? Uh, that's a really good question. Okay. That's I'm fine. not sure it is. Okay, cool. Uh, well, listen, man, I really, really appreciate, you know, everything you've shared here. I, I definitely think there is, there is quite a bit of value shared. Is there anything that I missed that you, you want to share? You know, I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I just think as a leader, uh, show up, right. Be there for your people, be engaging, get out from behind your desk and don't just bark orders. I mean, care about the people that, that report to you because at the end of the day, your success is dependent on them, not yours, mm. right? I, I know I, I know where my success comes from. It's from everybody that I work with that, or reports to me, right? Mm. Um, that, that, that's where it comes from. And, and that's the kind of gratitude I have for the people that work with me. You're only as successful as the people that you help to become successful. I think Zig Ziglar said that. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. All right, <laughs> cool. So he is, he is. No, the late great... So that's right. Um, last question for you. Uh, what's your next play? You've had a lot of success. <laughs> what's, what's your play? That's a really good question, right? Um, I've been here for two years now um, and I absolutely love what I'm doing and where I'm at. This company is fantastic, our leadership team and the people that work here. So I'm super happy where I'm at. My, my next play is to now to get this team because we're growing to kind of now the next level across across and we're already across the country but we kind of have that next level revenue uh, objective like every company does and it's just continue it's just a continuation of where we're at today i'm kind of in the middle of it so it's kind of hard to establish a next play um but to see this company through uh to the levels that it's never been at is, is we're already doing that but it's the next level for me is is that next revenue level and having people all walk away at some point going, you know what, Todd and, and our leaders made me better. Mm, love it. Todd, thank you so much for your time. I think this is extremely valuable and uh, I really, really appreciate having you. Yeah, you're welcome. This has been fun. Good conversation. Absolutely, man. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Next Play Podcast. If you liked the show, make sure to leave us a review. For more resources, visit RelentlessUniversity.com or download the free Relentless University app. And if you're interested in having me speak at your next event, visit RelentlessRitchie.com. Until next time.